and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today I will be your host and today we're actually talking about the NBA strictly here. We'll be talking about the NBA trades that have actually taken place. I'll be talking about kind of my thoughts here as far as how that uh, should shape out in the standings for both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And before we get started, I just want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank our sponsors out there who put sponsorship on the show. And I want to thank our fans out there who have actually written in and given us uh, content here to continue to drive topics on the show so without further ado today we are talking about the nba strictly here so let's go ahead and jump into it so first and foremost let's start off with the nba trades that took place here we'll be breaking those down pretty much here uh trade by trade and i'll start here with uh some early trades that took place leading into the trade deadline and then we'll kind of go over the trade deadline Uh, trades as well so let's first start off here with what the Nuggets did in a three-team deal here Uh, the Nuggets got Brian Forbes they shipped off here Bobo and also shipped off PJ Dozer Um, and the Spurs here um, went ahead and got a future second round pick and cast considerations as well so uh, you know just starting off with that deal right there it looks like to me the Nuggets actually gave away a little bit of youth here Um, you know and with this situation here I'm not so sure that they should have given up on Bobo uh, that soon I thought PJ Dozer was actually playing pretty well Um, you know I know I get you get the added shooting here with Brian Forbes and and what he has been able to do um, for the Milwaukee Bucks he's also played well for the Spurs as well Um, a great three-point shooter I get it you know it's something that basically can help the Nuggets space the floor here and I think it'll be a great addition if they're able to kind of get a Jamal Murray back Uh, you get that to go along with the Joker you already have uh, Will Barton out there and then you have Aaron Gordon as well so you know just looking at that unit here they're sitting six in the Western Conference here and you know nobody really knows what's going to happen here with Jamal Murray you know is he coming back is he not but I think that this was kind of a little bit of an all-in deal for the Nuggets here um, essentially adding some veterans here to the roster who have actually had some experience here and I, I feel like the Nuggets to me are in a situation where you know they came off the bubble year where they had made some um, astonishing astonishing wins there um, in the playoffs where they were able to to knock off some teams after being down 3-1 I think last year's playoffs was probably a little bit of a disappointment even though they were shorthanded so you got to take that in consideration but I think this was the year that they're kind of you know re-gearing and retooling the roster here uh, to make a serious run but I think it's something where you know they probably took a little bit of a setback here and this deal is probably going to take a little bit more shape next year Um, you look at the fact that right now Michael Porter Jr. has been out with the back Um, I know that they've been debating is he going to get the surgery is he going to come back or what the deal is so I think that he was supposed to be a valuable piece this year Uh, I do like what they got with Jermichael Green um, to go along with some of this veteran presence here in the locker room along with Austin Rivers and uh, Jeff Green so to me you know I know that probably Denver will make the playoffs here I don't really expect them to go anywhere Um, this could be you know a first round exit 
uh, to be honest with you. But I do like the deal long term when they do get healthy. Like I said, I think that this is going to be something where they're able to spread the floor once they get a Jamal Murray back. Um, next up here, let's take a look at the, the next deal here that uh, essentially took place here leading into the deadline there. Um, so, yeah, this deal here where we're talking about uh, the Norman Powell deal. So we got the Blazers shipping off Norman Powell and Robert Covington. In exchange, the Blazers got Eric Bledsoe, Justin Winslow, and Keon Johnson here with a 2025 second round pick uh, via Detroit here. So initially, I, I like this deal because I was like, all right, with Norman Powell and the way he's playing, I was thinking like if they get the Norman Powell essentially that has played uh, pretty much a serviceable role when he was with the rafters there, um, you know, he was averaging 18 points a game, uh, three rebounds a game, uh, two assists there. Um, you know, he's 28. You know, he's coming into his sixth year here. I got a chance to see him when he did play for um, when he did play for UCLA. So I know he's definitely uh, a talented scorer. I do feel like if given the opportunity and the role to really play um, extended, I think he was going to definitely show here. You know, the problem is, you know, he broke his foot. Now he's out indefinitely here. And so, you know, it's it's tough for the Clippers because I think I, I get where they were coming from. They were bringing reinforcements over, you know, for uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and a possible Paul George absence now for the year with his old el elbow uh, situation here. And then I liked Robert Covington because, you know, he's a great defender. He is a forward, but he plays a lot bigger than what he um, generally is listed as. So, you know, I think it's excellent if you wanted to go with the small ball situation. Um, he does give you some added three-point shooting as well. So I definitely see where the Clippers were going with this deal. Um, it just, it's a tough situation when you lose a guy like Norman Powell, who I think was the, the valued piece in this trade here. Um, and he gets hurt. You know, it, it's very, very tough in those situations here because, um, you know, he was playing well. He was playing pretty well going into this thing and this, you know, he had the broken foot and then that's that. So um, I like what the Clippers did. I, I know right now, currently they're sitting eighth here um, in the conference. You know, they just had a good win here against the Los Angeles Lakers here last night. So they're still in a running and I like their attitude there. I think as long as Coach Lou is there, you're going to get a team that's going to compete hard. Um, I do like Reggie Jackson out there. I think Luke Kennard's played some major minutes as well. He's played very well. Um, you know, they still got uh, the Morris, one of the Morris brothers out there. He's playing well, you know, when he's healthy. Um, I've always liked uh, Zubox game as well. So, I mean, they still have a pretty good nucleus here. They still have a chance to make the playoffs here. I'm not sure that they're going anywhere. Um, I do definitely think that their chances would improve in the postseason if they're bringing Paul George back. Um, at this point in time, it looks pretty... It looks pretty bleak for both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard from, you know, from all intensive purposes, what we're hearing there. So, um, but I, I do like, again, this is another deal just like the Nuggets. I think that they're putting pieces in place here to make a serious run 
um, in the future here. And it may not happen this year, but I think you're going to see both these teams are going to reap the benefits of the trades here, probably moving forward next year here. Um, so, you know, I like the deal. Uh, again, it's just tough that it's not going to work out right now for them uh, because they've already lost Norman Powell to the broken foot. So next up here, we got the Cavaliers here uh, making a deal. And I, let me say this. I love this deal here, um, especially when you look at the Cavs and you look at how well that they played here. Um, I think they're like fifth in the, the Eastern Conference at this point. But the Cavs acquired uh, Jairus LeVert here in exchange here. They moved over to the Pacers here, Ricky Rubio. They moved over a 2022 first round draft pick, which is lottery protected. That's critical there. They move over a 2022 second round pick via Houston and a 2022 second round pick via Utah here. So, um, look, I think that this is great for the Cavs essentially because, you know, they they drafted well. They've shown that here. I think that they did well when picking up uh, Evan Mobley. They've done well by picking up Darius Garland. I think that they have done well by picking up Colin Sexton. I thought that he was a great draft pick as well. Um, you know, I love, uh, uh, what is it, O'Cor, the guy that they got there from Auburn, I believe. So, you know, he's played very well. So I love this with the Cavs because when the Cavs picked up essentially Darius uh, LeVert here, you're getting a guy that he came over from the Nets Yes, he's had some injuries and, um, you know, he's lucky to kind of be back out there and everything like that, but he's recovered well. And this is a guy that can absolutely fill it up. I think this is a guy that takes a lot of pressure off of this young team. He's experienced. He's been in the playoffs before with the Nets. And, you know, Ricky Rubio was having a terrific year. You know, it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but you're getting the same kind of point guard play. Yes, he's not a great passer like Rick Rubio, but he is a terrific scorer, a great closer here. And I like what Cleveland did. Yeah, they gave up some draft picks, but I think they are definitely shaping up here for um, a win now situation here. They had already made the deal to get Rajon Rondo over. I love that as well. You still have Kevin Love over here. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, Isaac Okor. So I love what they had there when they drafted him out of Auburn. Um, still have C.D. Osman here. It's a ton of talent right now. I love what they have. I think that this deal just makes them that much more dangerous here. And it's going to give them some experience here um, in that, that final playoff push here. So, you know, the Cavs are sitting fourth, actually. So they've actually moved up a, a slot here since last week. So I like that deal. I like where they went with this one. Um, a great deal. And then for the Pacers situation, I think that this was terrific for the Pacers. Um, you know, they're probably not going to hold on to Rick Rubio. I don't think so. But they get a ton of draft picks here. This is kind of what uh, the Pacers wanted to do. They wanted to kind of clear out some space. They wanted to go ahead and build for the future. I think this is a terrific trade here um, at this point in time for the Pacers because of the picks that they're going to get there. Next up. Let's talk about the Trailblazers here. So the Trailblazers send CJ McCollin, uh, Lance, Larry Nance, excuse me, Jr. and Tony Snell um, to the Pelicans. In return, the Blazers get Josh Hart, um, Nicole Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sadaratsky there. Um, they get a 2022 first round draft pick protected, 2026 uh, second round pick 
Um, and that's whichever is better between the teams. And they get a 2027 second round pick as well. Okay, so <clears throat> first let's start off with the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans did a great job here by picking up CJ McCollin. Um, you add that with Brandon Ingram here, that is going to be a terrific tantrum. Um, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be along the lines of kind of what Dame and CJ had, but it's definitely going to make the Pelicans tough on an any given night because these guys can go out and get buckets for you. Now, I'm not sure where they are with the whole Zion situation. Um, to be honest with you, as I read the reports and look at the news here, it looks a little disturbing. Um, it looks like he's completely detached from the team. It looks like he definitely is not on the same page there with David Griffin, the GM, which is very, very scary at this point in time. And I worry because Zion Williams, when you look at this situation here, um, you know, they've said that weight could be an issue. He's already had the knee injury his rookie season, which cost him a lot of time. Now he's got the broken foot as well. This is a guy that plays with a lot of explosion plays a lot like Blake Griffin okay when he was younger right you remember him with the Clippers going up dunking on everything and everything like that and I had said earlier that if Blake Griffin he has to develop a jump shot he has to be able to score other than dunk the ball and that's something that Zion Williams hasn't gotten to yet and so I get a little bit worried here with these injuries and the fact that it, 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 he plays so explosive and he hadn't gotten to a point where he can just go ahead and you can isolate him and, you know, he can score, you know, on a 20 foot jumper or, you know, a 15 foot jumper. Everything is in the paint going to the basket. And that's he plays kind of violent in there, too. So, you know, this is one of those deals where I think with the Pelicans, what they're doing is they're positioning themselves because if Zion Williams doesn't work out, I know it seems strange right now, but you can mark me down for this. It is a possibility that the Zion Williams pick doesn't work out here. If that doesn't work out, the franchise is not left in a situation where eventually they have nothing. You know, because with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, I think that these are very good building pieces. Now, I'm not sure if Larry Nance Jr. is going to remain there, and I'm not sure if Tony Snell is going to remain there. Um, you know, in those situations. Now, I will say the Pelicans did give up some good role players here. Uh, Josh Hart, I've always loved his game coming out of Villanova. Uh, the guy's a winner. I think he was a great fit for the Lakers. I think he played well for the Pelicans. So um, I like that, you know, for the Blazers here. I think that, you know, if given the opportunity, he's a guy like Norman Powell that I think he's going to show that he can definitely play with Damian Lillard if they keep him there. Um, and Nicole Alexander Walker, I think, is another player that is ready and set for a breakout as well. These are two young players that I think are going to get some immediate minutes with Chauncey Billups. Um, and I think that it's going to be, you know, a situation where they'll relish, especially right now, since it's very guard oriented out there in Portland. I think that these guys are going to play well. And I think that they're they're very good role player pieces here. I think if if the Blazers can keep these guys and then they can go out here, which they they dumped a lot of salary. If they can go out here, win in the free agent market, you'll see that these two players, I think, are definitely going to, to stick out for you. Um, Thomas Sanoraski, um, you know, he's a solid player. You know, he came over after, you know, playing for Chicago 
went over to the Pelicans. Like he's a very serviceable uh, point guard that you can bring off the bench here. So, you know, he definitely can play as well. And I love the draft picks that the Blazers got here. Now, the tough situation here with the Blazers is that essentially, you know, they pretty much have gutted the roster. Uh, you know, Dame Lillard is out at this point. I think this is probably the most games that he's ever missed in his NBA career. And he kind of wanted to go ahead and stay and see this thing through. Um, I know it's looking tough right now for Portland, um, you know, but the, the real story here in Portland is that they're going to take this uh, cleared cap space and these picks and they're going to turn it into a, a win now situation so we'll see what happens i think that both teams got a good win here i think the pelicans leverage themselves good in the future and quite as is kept uh, the blazers actually might be on to something here moving forward even though it's tough letting go of cj mccullough next up here this was probably the head scratcher um, of the trade deadline and that is the Kings shipping off Tyrese Halliburton to um, to the Pacers for Buddy Hield and Tristan Thompson, who eventually gets bought out and goes to the Bulls. And the Kings get um, they get Sabonis, they get Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb here. So and a 2023 second round pick here. So. Okay, so this situation was a little strange to me because um, if I were to move either of the big men, okay, I probably would have kept um, Demantis, or I'm not sure if I even said his name right, but Sabonis. I would have kept Sabonis, right, versus Miles Turner. Now, you know, you hear the fact that uh, Miles Turner wanted more space to operate. Um, he wanted to slide, I believe, more into the five position versus the four position. And that was the situation the Pacers were in. They elected to keep Miles Turner and kind of build around him. Um, I, like I said, I like Sabonis' game. I know this is his third team in so many years. You know, he was in the, the Paul George trade to OKC. And that's, you know, OKC shipped him off to the Pacers. And then now the Pacers ship him off here um as well so you know i love tyrese halliburton you know i think he's 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 perfect um or halliburton you know hopefully i'm not butchering his name but i'm sorry if i am but the thing is this guy is a triple double machine um i think that you know he's not even close to the ceiling here i love what the pacers get here um this is a great building block for them i think that this guy is probably He's probably one of the most dynamic guards that they've had there since Paul George has left. Um, you know, Buddy Hill, I know he's on an expiring contract. You know, at this point in time, he does help you extend the floor. Um, you know, I don't know what the Pacers' plans are, but I think if they are able to keep him or retain him um, at a, a very good rate, I think it's something that you can definitely build around. Um, you know, perhaps you're attracting some more free agents here. So, um, it's interesting to see here. You know, I think the Pacers definitely got a win here with the players that they got, you know, moving forward. Um, it's just a matter of what is their main plan? What is their style? What are they trying to do here? Um, you know, I believe Rick Car Carlisle there is trying to, he's trying to build a little bit as to what he had with the Dallas Mavericks here. I know he's very much a defensive coach, uh, did coach there in Detroit, you know, with Chauncey Billups and those guys like that. So, you know, very defensive minded coach. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting here to see where the Pacers go from here. But I like the initial deal that they got going. And Quietus is kept here with the Kings. Um, you know, I, I know you get a good player in Justin Holiday. Um, I definitely like that. Sabonis, I think, is a definite building block here. To me, I think, um, you know, he's definitely up there amongst, like, DeMarcus Cousins. But this guy is just... He's dynamic. You know, this guy can, he can hoop and he can shoot the ball. He can score in the paint. He can pass it. Uh, he's a triple double, a triple double threat as well. Um, and so I, I like what the Kings got there with the building block and kind of addressing maybe the elephant in the room here with the whole center position, which is something that they've struggled with really um, since the Marcus Cousins left. So, you know, you pair that with the fact that they have De'Aaron Fox out there. Um, they have Davion Mitchell, which I think this is probably a deal that kind of clears out some space for him and allows him to work here. So we'll see if the Kings can get some type of sense of direction here. Um, I know they let go a, a critical piece here, but we'll see where both teams go. But at this point in time, I, I think that both teams, both teams probably somewhat won. Um, we'll see moving forward here. So next up here, uh, the Thunder here um, making a play here for uh, Casey Okapala, which is the draft pick that the Heat had out of Stanford here. And the Heat got a 2026 second round pick here. Um, an additional agreement here, the 2023 first round pick already owned to Oklahoma City's from Miami has been amended to a 2025 first round pick which is 1 to 14 protected um, and so if not uh, taken advantage of here it turns into a 2026 unprotected pick so um, listen basically in this situation here we're talking about a solid player that is going to get a lot of minutes with the Thunder here. Uh, the Heat get a pretty good pick here to go along with their nucleus here. Um, it is a chance that, you know, at this point in time, the Heat are playing in a win-now window. But with the second-round pick here, I think this is a situation where they can start to build some youth moving forward. Because once they have to move along from this roster that they have, um, they're able to put some youth um, back on the roster. So... I like this in the sense this is great for the Heat. I think this is a terrific move for the Thunder here. I think that they get even more younger. They still have tons of picks here. And I think this is a situation where um, it, it probably essentially works out for both teams here. So next up here, you have the Utah Jazz here who acquired um, Nicole Alexander-Walker here. And then they also shipped off here Joe Ingles, uh, Elijah Hughes, and then they shipped off a second round pick. And then Thomas Sanaraski goes to the Spurs here. So, you know, we had just talked about what Portland had done. This is a deal that took place a couple of days after that. And, you know, initially I was saying just I just said that, you know, I thought that they had some solid players that could go along with Dame. But. You know, this right here shows us that Portland essentially is trying to clear out as much space as possible here. It looks like they're going to probably try to make a serious run here in the free agent market. And it's one of those things where not only are they probably going to take a hit, um, you know, they're going to take a hit this season, 
but they're definitely giving up some youth here and they're essentially going to move into more of the veteran market here uh, moving forward to try to you would hope to retain Damian Lillard but when I see moves like this you know it it makes me a little skeptical there because I'm not sure if Dame Lillard is going to want to stay here um you know because essentially I think with this move Portland is saying that they're in a rebuild situation although you do hear the talks that it's not necessarily a rebuild they're just revamping the roster um we'll see what happens with management here uh moving forward now I like what the Jazz got with Nicole Alexander Walker. I just talked about how I think he's a breakout player. I think he's going to give them some added scoring punch off the bench here. Um, I know it's tough to say goodbye to Joe Ingles here, um, who played very well. Um, I think he fits in well on the roster, you know, shot the three ball well and everything like that. But I think Nicole Alexander kind of gives you a little bit more of a dynamic score right there. Um, you know, the Spurs here with Thomas Sadaraski, I think he fits in well with Coach Popovich's uh, system here. And I think that the moves here, like I said, Joe Ingles is out with a knee injury. Eliza Hughes, or Hughes, excuse me, will probably get some, some minutes here and they get a second round pick. So again, they're kind of revamping the roster and then also to getting some youth there with the Blazers. Next up here, um, we talked about how Bo, Bobo and PJ Dozer here were part of the Celtics deal. Well, then they ended up getting shipped over here to the Magic um, for a future second round pick as well as cast, cons cast considerations there. And then you have the Celtics, they get back a 2023 second round pick here. So now in, in terms of the Magic here, I think that this is a, an outstanding deal here. Um, when you add a guy like Bobo here, you add a guy like PJ Dozer, you already have Cole Anthony over there. You already have uh, Suggs over there that you just picked up as well. You have Mobamba over there. You have Martel uh, Foltz over there as well. So to me, this is a great deal. You know, I think that the, the Magic get some youth here. Um, you know, they're, they're getting... Um, they're getting they got younger but they're also too to me the magic i know it's like they're an up-and-coming team at this point in time i think that the magic are right there i really do you know and i think it's just going to take just a little bit more time for this thing to kind of click through um i know this is you know kind of crazy here but they're 14 you know for 47 right now so 14 wins 47 losses here sitting 15th in the east i think the magic are making a good long-term play here i think that this is a situation here where i think the magic can probably take that leap moving forward kind of like a, what the knicks did last year i think that the magic put themselves in that kind of position here um if they can come together you know like i said they got a lot of guys that were very talented here in college won a lot of games and i think that this is a roster where they're in some good shape here uh, moving forward even though the standings don't show it right now i think that this is a great situation here for both of those players uh, moving forward next up here you got the rafters trade away um goran drogage and you get the rafters getting thaddeus young and drew ebanks here and a 2022 second round pick and the spurs got a 2022 first round pick here so 
We know Goran Dragic gets bought out here and he's with the Nets. So, you know, essentially this was kind of a deal where it just didn't work out with the Rafters here. Um, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Thaddeus Youngs or Drew um, Ebanks here. But, you know, you do get a 2020 second second round pick here. And the Rafters are playing really good basketball at this point in time. So, um, you know, essentially they got rid of a player that really probably didn't want to be there. Whatever that situation was, it just didn't work out. You know, yes, they're seventh in the East at 32 and 27. Um, they've been surging. Um, you know, essentially I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do make the playoffs here with, you know, 20 to 24 games left, whatever that looks like here. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a win-win situation there for both teams. Um, you know, a player gets a fresh start and they get a chance to get a pick here for the future. Uh, next up here, you get the Suns deal for Aaron Holiday and the Wizards get cash considerations here. So, you know, Aaron Holiday, I, I got a chance to see him there at UCLA. Um, I think he's in a situation where he just hasn't had the minutes necessarily that um you know he needs right now to kind of just excel on the floor you know hopefully he gets a chance here with the suns as is reported you know that chris paul is out with the the broken thumb for at least six to eight weeks here so you know hopefully he's able to slide in there with you know cameron Payne um as well as Eford Payton here and he's able to handle some of those point guard duties and really show what he can uh do there and I think he's in a good situation here this is a team that did make the finals last year um I expect them to probably be either the one or the two seed in the western conference here so not a bad deal and I like the fact that the Suns actually went out there and made some more moves here even though they've had such a successful season uh, another deal is they got Tory Craig in cast considerations and moved on from Jalen Smith, who goes to the Pacers here for a 2022 second round pick. So with the Pacers here and getting Jalen Smith, look, I like this kid. I think he's developed very well uh, coming out of Maryland, but it just it's really a head scratcher to me, especially when you just get rid of Sabonis and you bring this guy in here. So what are you really saying about uh, Miles Turner? You know, are you saying that? Jalen Smith is just going to be more of the backup center. Uh, you know, could could he possibly slide into the four? That's the question mark that I have with the Pacers. Even though they do get a 2022 second round pick here, um, I, I'm you know curious to see how that works out for him. With the Suns getting Torrey Craig back, he played some major minutes for him last year. Um, I think it's a good pickup to go ahead and get him back in the building here. Um, I like it. Again, I, I like the fact that the Suns went out and added some help here. Next up here, this is a deal I like. The Hornets acquire Montrezl Harrell from the Wizards here. And the Wizards get Ish Smith and uh, Vernon Carey Jr. and a 2023 20, second round pick uh, via Boston here. So... I like the Montrezl Harrell deal for a lot of different reasons. Uh, he's a former sixth man of the year. I think he's going to fit in very well with uh, LaMelo Ball, who knows how to get you the basketball here. You get Miles Bridges over there. Um, you know, I believe they still have, uh, yeah, they got Terry Rozier over there as well. So I think that that's a terrific deal. Um, listen, I know when you look at the, the Eastern Conference standings, they're right there in the playoff game at 30 and 31. They're sitting ninth here in the East. Um, you know, you still got Jalen McDaniels on the roster. 
Um, you still have Gordon Haywood on the roster, so he's still there. You have Kelly Oubre Jr. He's playing very well. And you have Cody Martin. You still have P.J. Washington here. So this is a roster, again, it's it's young, and this is kind of where I see the magic coming up here in a couple of years, um, or if not next year. But, you know, I like this added veteran presence that they got here at the, the deal. I think that Montrezl Harrell is going to go out there and it's going to get buckets, and it's going to be much easier for him on any given night playing there with LaMelo Ball. So next up here, uh, we talked about the Clippers here, and this turns into a four-team deal here. So they eventually would ship off Serge Ibaka to the Bucks, where they would get a second-round pick via Sacramento, second-round pick via Detroit, and cash considerations here via the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers get uh, Rodney Hood. Um, they get uh, Sime Ojale, so they get him as well. They The Kings get Dante Devin Gento, you get Josh Jackson over there to the Kings, Trey Lyles, and the Pistons get Marvin Bagley the third here. So, okay, um, you know, I think that this is good for, first of all, Marvin Bagley the third. I think that he needed a fresh start here to go to Detroit there where they have Lou Garza. Um, I like him. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes down the stretch. But, you know, for right now, big, he's very athletic. Um, he's a guy that's terrific in, in catching lobs here. I think that he's going to work well with Kate Cunningham. He doesn't clog up the paint there. Um, he's an excellent rebounder as well. You know, I, I like this deal. You know, I think that this is some some added athleticism here to Detroit. I know that they've struggled. I, I know that, you know, again, it's been a tough year, but I think if they are to, to really start to turn the tide, I think that a Marvin Bagley pickup is, is very good here. Um, with the Kings, uh, you know, Trey Lyles, I think he's been a serviceable player. I think he's, he's pretty good. Um, Josh Jackson, he was a former, um, you know, lottery pick there coming out of Kansas and uh, Dante DiVincento, um, you know, he's a great player. He's won a championship here. So, you know, yeah, the, the Kings kind of get some veteran leadership. I, I'm not sure if this is necessarily going to be a long-term play for them. Um, you know, I think the second round pick is a good pickup here. But, you know, to me, you know, with the Kings here, that's, it's a head scratcher, you know, and it just kind of goes into what direction are they trying to go to. Um, with the Clippers picking up Rodney Hood and Ojale here, again, I think it's added reinforcements, right, to the Clippers because essentially I like how they're not just saying, okay, we're not possibly having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, so we're just going to go ahead and let the season go by. No, they bring in some reinforcements, some guys that can really help here. Um, so I think if given the minutes here, uh, I think that this is a great pickup for the Clippers. Um, as far as the Bucks here, I think that they did a great job here because not only do the Bucks address the Brooke Lopez situation where he's been out with the back, so they get an excellent shot blocker still. He can shoot the three-pointer. He can rebound as well coming off your bench. Um, you get second-round picks here. That's valuable. I think that this continues to bring in youth um, on the roster. And they also cleared up some cash and got some cash considerations here from the Clippers. So, you know, I feel like it's been a win-win here for the Clippers and the Bucks. Not so much here for the Kings. And I think Detroit got uh, a good deal there and picking up Marvin Bagley. 
Next up, you have uh, you have Daniel Tice returning to the Celtics here, and the Rockets get Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. So, you know, the Rockets to me, I, I think that this is more like a salary dump here because essentially I don't think that they're going to keep Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, Enos uh, Freedom is probably not going to play that much. Um, Bruno Fernando, probably another guy that's that's not going to get a whole bunch of minutes here. So um, the Celtics make the deal. They maybe get something here back in which, you know, Daniel Tice played there. He's played well with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. So maybe they're kind of building something uh, along the lines of what they already had with guys that kind of fit in there. You know, they brought Al Horford back. So to me, you know, they've been one of the hottest teams in basketball They've been surging at this point, and I think that they get a guy that, again, <clears throat> kind of fits in with what they do. Um, you know, Daniel Tice can hit three-pointers. He is athletic. He can get to the rack and everything else. So, you know, it's a pretty good pickup for Boston. They're sitting six at 36 and 26, so they've really been surging here um, in the East, and I think this is more of a deal uh, for the playoff push for them. You know, and on top of that, the Celtics would get Derek White from the Spurs. The Spurs got Josh Richardson. They shipped off Romeo Langford, a 2022nd first round pick, a 2028 first round pick swap. So with Derek White, I love his game. Um, you know, he's averaging 14 points a game, giving you three rebounds, five assists per game in his fourth year here. Um, coming out of Colorado, 6-4 here. I think that this was excellent. You know, you just talked about shipping off Dennis Schroeder. This is a guy that fits a little bit more into the Celtics' way of playing. Um, he's a great defender. He's an unselfish player. I think that this is a guy that fits in seamlessly kind of with what they do. You know, he can play off of, 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 of of um, Jason Talem and Jalen Brown very well, shoots the ball very well um, from three-point land here. And so I like it. I, I like the deal here. I think that this was terrific here. Um, you know, he's coming off the bench here and he also gives you something there where he can actually step in for Marcus Smart if he gets injured. So a great move there. And I think as far as the Spurs, I like Romeo Langford. I think that he is... He's a player that needs some time and some minutes. I think he's going to get that with the Spurs. I think he's an excellent fit there. Um, Josh Richardson, I like his game too as well. Not sure if the Spurs are going to hold on to him. But for the most part, you know, I think that they get a, a solid player back. But more importantly, they get some first round picks. Next up here, you have the Mavericks send Porzingis over to the Wizards here. So in this deal, the Mavericks get Spencer DeWittle. David Bertans and the Wizards get uh, Porzingis and a 2022nd uh, second round pick here. So, look, I think that this is a win for the for the Mavericks 100% because Spencer DeWittle, I think, can play off of Luka Doncic, number one. And I think that he also takes some pressure off of Luka Doncic because now Luka doesn't have to have the pressure to score the basketball. He doesn't have to bring the ball up so much. I think Spencer DeWittle can help you out with that. I think this is an excellent addition here. Um, he also, too, has struggled with injuries. 
that's the only thing that would kind of worry me with this deal. Um, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why Porzingis was shipped off is because of the injuries, right? He just couldn't stay on the floor. Um, but when he's on the floor, he's good. And so with Spencer DeWittle, he wasn't really necessarily accepted for wa at Washington for whatever reason here. It didn't really work out with that signing, but I think it does work out here with the Mavs. Um, David Bertans here. This is a guy that really showed signs. Um, you know, he has digressed. You know, this is a guy that did earn a pretty good contract here in his fifth year. And, um, no, he struggled. He struggled mightily here. Um, you know, just had 17 points here. He's only averaging six for the year, a rebound and an assist per game. So, you know, you hope that essentially with this deal, he's able to get a lot more better spacing. He's able to play off Spencer DeWittle and Luka Doncic and hopefully knock down some shots here and uh, really return to form. So it can be a great deal for the Mavericks. And with the Wizards here, um, I, I think this is more, you know, kind of a deal where they just essentially are rebuilding here. Um, you know, I, I like Porzingis, but I'm not sure if he's going to stay there. And next up was probably uh, the the deal of the deadline and the last deal here. And that was the James Harden for the uh, Ben Simmons deal here. So the Sixers got James Harden. They got Paul Millsap. The Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022nd first round pick and a 2027 first round pick here. So, all right. So moving forward here. So we got James Harden, who is now moved on from another team. Okay, so he wanted out of the Rockets. He got to the Nets. Um, had came out with a bundle of energy, just like he did in his Sixers debut here. And when you look at the Sixers and you look at their roster, okay, for the most part, the roster stayed intact. Okay, so they did keep Joel Embiid. They still were able to keep Tyrese Maxey. They picked up Willie Colley-Stein's here in the buyout market. They got Paul Millsap here. I'm not sure if he's going to play for them or what the deal is. You kept Danny Green. You still kept Tobias Harris, which, you know, he was supposed to be traded, but he's, he's there. You still keep Shake Milton, and you still have George Neon, who's playing well. And you still kept um, Thibault. So and Frank uh, Korsman as well. So, yes, the roster didn't really shift a whole bunch. You did give up some of your youth here with the draft picks and everything else. My question is, James Harden plays with a lot of ball dominance, okay? Yes, he's averaged a triple-double. Um, you know, he's in his 12th season here. You have Joel B, who is playing at an MVP level. Does this really push the Sixers over the limit here? And that's the question. You know, in his debut last night, 27 points, uh, 5 of 7 from the three-point land, 8 of 9 from the three free throw line, 7 rebounds, or excuse me, 8 rebounds, 12 assists here. So came out with a lot of energy, played the 35 minutes, has been really uh, bothered by hamstring injuries and things like that. So... You know, it's a ton of things that I've heard here as to why this deal got made. You know, there's the whole fallout with the Kyrie Urban situation. You know, I'd read that he was rolling his eyes when some plays were written up for, for Kevin Durant. Um, 
Mike D'Antoni installed an offense there with Steve Nash. He didn't really necessarily like it. And now he's over here with the Sixers. And I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I, I'm not sure that this works long term. I think it's going to look really nice, really shiny. And right now, you know, it's kind of like getting your new gift at Christmas. What's going to happen when that new shiny thing kind of, kind of, uh, wears off here in the Sixers land. And that's where I'm at with this. Um, you know, I think that, that basically, you know, Joel Embiid and, and James Harden are going to have to find a way to coexist. And to me, they got a lot smaller because you gave up, um, your backup center with Drummond. You let go of some shooting with Seth Curry. Okay. So you got a lot, a little bit thinner there. This guy could shoot the ball and you gave up some first round picks here. And so this is a win now situation. I think that they need to get some added talent on the roster here. Um, especially, I think they're going to need some more uh, three point shooting here. And I think it's going to be tough for the Sixers because when it gets into half court basketball, okay, and then when teams are able to load up on James Harden at the top of the key. And remember the officiating is different as well. So he's not getting those type of free throw calls like he's usually gotten in the past as well. I think it's gonna to be tough for the Sixers. And I think the Sixers are gonna find out that there's still a ways away here in the wide open East. Um, as far as the Nets here and that situation and where they go, I, I know that they get Ben Simmons you're getting Kyrie Irving, who potentially possibly can play the home games now, and you're going to get uh, reinforcements with Kevin Durant back. I love the fact that they get Drummond here, so they got a lot more bigger, so they address their size here to go with Aldridge. Um, you get added picks here, so you got some youth as well. You get a pretty good three-point shooter to go along with Patty Mills as well. Um, you know, quiet as this kept here, I think the Nets actually won this deal. Um, you know, if Ben Simmons is anything like he was before, you know, the Nets are going to be solid, but I'm going to say for them to take it over to the next step, Ben Simmons has got to be more of a shooter this time around. I mean, he's got to be willing to knock down, uh, some mid range shots and things like that, because, once Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving draw double teams, they are going to leave Ben Simmons open for shots here. And comparatively speaking to like a guy like Giannis, okay, Giannis has vastly improved in the sense that not only can he get to the basket, but his jump shot has improved and his free throw shooting has improved. If you're looking at projections, this is where you would expect Ben Simmons to go with his game. I think that if the Nets are going to be serious, they're going to win a title, he has to knock down the jumper. He at least has to be comfortable posting up and he has to be good with a 10 to 15 um, foot jumper. He has to be there consistently. Like, because if not, I mean, guys are gonna load up on him, right? Um, they're basically going to play off of him, play up on Kevin and Kyrie and force him to make jumpers. Okay. And so he's got to be ready. He's got to be ready to shoot the ball and he's got to play better, you know, especially down the stretch here, because I think the Nets made this move 
um, with the real feel that, you know, Ben Simmons would be the guy for them. You know, they feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to be out on the floor uh, for the long term here. They feel like this is a guy that, you know, could push them over the limit. But I think his game has got to really fit in here with Kevin and Kyrie. And remember, one of his concerns was he wanted to have the ball a little bit more. I think in this situation, the ball is not necessarily going to be in his hands. I think it's more so going to be in the Kevin and Kyrie's hands. And I think he's got to be okay with being a third option on this team. Okay? Because that's one of the things. He wanted to be a main option. So... You know, those are kind of my thoughts here with the trades here as to who won and who didn't win. You know, quickly here, just going through the standings. For the Eastern Conference, you have the Miami Heat at the top, the Chicago Bulls second, third at the Sixers, the Cavs fourth, fifth for Milwaukee, sixth for the Boston Celtics. We talked about the Rafters being seventh. And right now, um, eight for Brooklyn and Charlotte at nine for the play-in possibility along with the Atlanta Hawks here. So, um, you know, the East is wide open here. Um, the Heat, I think, are quietly probably one of the favorites here up there with the Milwaukee Bucks. The surprise here has got to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Phillies in third. They've made this move. You know, James Harden has already hit the floor. Let's see what happens here for the next 20 to 22 games here. Um, you know, can Joel Embiid kind of continue to play at a level that he's been playing at? DeMar DeRozan has been playing terrific. He's been an excellent closer for the Bulls. Hopefully they're able to get some reinforcements back with Patrick Williams maybe coming back and Alex Caruso. Boston, we just talked about how they've been surging here. They've made some good deals. Um, and Milwaukee as well. I think even though Milwaukee is fifth, I think that to me, they're probably... Uh, still a major threat to get out of here in the the Eastern Conference and then for the playing games and stuff like that whoever's at the one seed I don't think you're going to want to see Brooklyn uh, you know finish at the eighth seed if they're able to get past the playing game uh, the Hawks the Hornets very young uh, yes the Hawks made um a tremendous leap last year and they were able to kind of make this leap kind of midway through the season last year let's see if they can uh you know get a good run here going into the finish line uh for this year so next up here just looking over quickly on the west you have the phoenix suns golden state warriors memphis grizzlies utah jazz dallas mavericks denver nuggets in sixth place minnesota timberwolves in seventh Eighth place is the LA Clippers, and then ninth here, the Los Angeles Lakers. And tenth, believe it or not, is the Portland Trailblazers. So they're still in the the little playoff game situation here. So um, with Phoenix, we talked about it here already. Chris Paul with the broken thumb. Can Phoenix sustain and just hold on? Not necessarily to the one seed, but just hold on to a high seed until they can get Chris Paul back. And does the offense change without them? Um, that's the question. Next up with Golden State, they were struggling a little bit going into the All-Star break. Still, it's been no Draymond Green. Klay Thompson is starting to come on here. So, you know, you want to see Draymond get on the floor and the big three start to operate a little bit more moving into the playoffs here. Um, I think that Golden State is still my favorite to come out of the West. Next up here... Memphis is for real, okay? John Morant's been playing well. 
Um, for the first time in a long time here, they got guys healthy. Um, I love Xavier Tillman. I, I love the Steven Adams pickup. Zaire Williams is playing very well as a rookie. Um, you have Jaron Jackson, who's healthy here for the first time. You got Brandon Clark here. They got Tyrus Jones and Desmond Bain, who's been playing well. So, And Dylan Brooks, who's not even returned, I think, from the ankle injury yet. So, look, this is a roster that is going to be very tough, okay? And they're going to be there. Definitely Memphis is going to be a problem for somebody. Next up, the Utah Jazz here. At fourth, they've been in the middle of the pack here. Let's see if getting Nicole Walker... Um, kind of helps them here um let's see if that gives them added punch off the bench denver i i again i think denver they made some moves for the long term um i think this team looks a little bit more scarier if they get jamal murray back that's the question minnesota at seven a little surprising here you know but maybe they figured it out here d'angelo russell anthony edwards carl anthony towns and really, they don't have too much other pieces to kind of go with them. So it's going to be tough for Minnesota to kind of finish this thing out. But they're right there at this point in the thick of things. Next up with the Clippers, the Clippers just continue to play hard. Um, it doesn't surprise me if they sneak into the eighth seed and actually get into a playing game situation here. Um, I think that you look at guys like Rodney Hood, uh, Marcus Morris, Terrence, man, like these guys are going to have to play some major minutes here and uh, do some major things. Uh, you got Nicholas Batum, Ojale, like these guys are going to have to step up if they're going to do anything here because there's a true chance that they may be without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We've talked about that several times here. And then lastly, with the Los Angeles Lakers here, the Lakers are in trouble, okay? Anthony Davis is out yet again, all right? They didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. LeBron is clearly, I think, unhappy here in this situation with the rumors that are going around. Um, I think it's it's pretty evident that he's probably on his way out, even though he's under contract for another year here. Um, but the Lakers were constructed to do some damage. The pieces have not worked out here, and... The Lakers want to avoid a playing situation. They want to avoid the eighth seed. And it wasn't a good start here to come out and lose the game like they did yesterday here, uh, being down as much as 15 points there in the first quarter. I think that the Lakers are pretty much done here at this situation. Um, do they make the play-in game? I think that they make the play-in game, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere else. And with the Portland Trailblazers... I think that they're pretty much all but done this year. I think that they're just getting some young guys some minutes. And again, they're retooling for the offseason more than anything. So that's essentially my wrap up here. We went through the standings for both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. We took a look at each trade and we kind of broke that down and seen who was the winner and loser of each trade here. So that is the show for today. So I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform here. I want to thank the fans out there who have actually listened to the show and helped drive content to the show. I want to thank our sponsors out there. You could definitely go ahead and check us out here. Um, as you can see, our show is on Spotify. 
Uh, you can catch us on Apple as well and Anchor, um, our main platform here. So for Rico, this is Real Talk Sports. We'll be back with another show. Take care.